crucified, resurrected in the beginning of Acts. Uh, he convinces, he shows himself, he reveals himself that he is alive. And then we see in, in starting in, in, in verse 9, uh, a new shift in, in, in humanity in this church because in, it's in uh, chapter 1, verse 9 says, after saying this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. And as, as they strained to see him go rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them and said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return in the same way you saw him go. Last week, uh, Pastor Tori um, graciously filled in for me while I was in a puddle at home trying to get off the couch. Um, and he, his message was about, if you had to boil it down to two words, it was, now what? Talked about these now what moments that we experience in life. And it, this is like the mother of all now what moments for these disciples. The, the, Jesus, the man who had, had shown them this kingdom of God and 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 promised that that they would be the they would they would inherit this kingdom their best friend can you imagine having Jesus as your best friend to spend every day with him for 3 years and then literally in an instant he's gone like how how lonely must that that and scary must that that moment be Imagine the person that, that, that means the most to you in life. Now, Jesus obviously didn't die. He had already done that and overcome that. <laughs> but in that moment, as he's gone, and, and I, I think there's, there's a reason angels showed up, because I think had someone not, not showed up to, to snap them out of it, they may have like starved to death just standing there waiting for him to come back. now what moment where they're all just you can just picture it they're just standing around going well what do we do next what's the what what do we do in this moment and in Acts chapter one there's just a couple of things that they do um that i feel like is is a good example for us and what we do in those moments. Verse 12 says, The apostles returned to Jerusalem to the Mount of Olives. When they arrived, they went to the up upstairs room where they had been staying, and, and it lists the name of the apostles. Why did they do that? Because they did that because that was the instruction given them. Verse 4, uh, earlier, Jesus tells them, he says, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. The first thing that they have to do, and by extension, we have to do when we're in those moments of not being sure what to do, or when we receive a, a, a word, or we believe that there's a new shift, a new season in our life, the first thing we have to do is wait. What's the 
first command Jesus gave the church, go and wait. We have to wait. We have to wait on God's timing. You know, God's, his ways are not our ways. He has, you know, I like to say, we're playing checkers and he's playing three-dimensional chess. He's got moves in mind that we just don't see coming. For the disciples, part of the reason was there was a timing issue. He wanted them to wait because he had a specific moment. See, Acts 2, Pentecost happens during the Feast of Weeks in Jerusalem. It was on purpose he, because he knew that's the moment where the entire world is going to be invading Jerusalem. And it's, it's primed. It's, it's the exact moment for my plan to start. There was nothing that the disciples did wrong or, or did, uh, could have done differently to speed it up. It was an appointed time that, that the Lord had in mind, and they just had to wait for it. And sometimes in our lives, it's just having to wait. Think of the Old Testament, Joseph spent 20 years in a pit before you know the story before he gets the dreams and gets elevated and becomes you know second to Pharaoh and saves saves Israel, Egypt and ultimately elevates Israel it's God's timing Sometimes, and for the most part, we don't get to know all of those little details. Certainly not on the front end. Every once in a while on the back. We've had those moments where you look back and go, oh, that was why that had to happen that way. And it astonishes and it amazes us, right? But most of the time, we don't even get that much. It's just God and his sovereignty knows and understands things that we do not. We have to wait for God's timing. So that's, that's one thing. We we're waiting on God's timing. But there's a second thing, and this is kind of what I wanted to focus on today. Sometimes it's God waiting on us to handle our unfinished business. There's an element to which it's God's timing and he has other factors at play, but there are times in our life and there are situations where God lines everything up and he's ready to go but there is unfinished business on our end that will allow us to step into that next thing and usually it's a little bit of both in this story we see there's a timing issue but we also see that there was some unfinished business that the disciples had Verse 14 says, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Now that, that, that right there, we could, we could have a whole message just on that. That the revelation of what that unfinished business happens because they were together and they were in prayer. And when you're not sure what to do, this is good. This is a good next step. You can insert this in any step of the process. Get with some people that you know love Jesus and love you and pray. And we see in here out of that, 
Lord reveals, they realize, they recognize that they had some unfinished business. They, 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 the, God brings up to them, and we won't read the whole, the whole passage, but uh, basically that, that there was a prophetic word in, in, in Psalms that had applied to where they, that where they were, that they were, that they were supposed to replace Judas. That there was another apostle that they needed to appoint. And we won't read the whole account, but Peter kind of explains this. And, 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 and so they, they go through the process. They pray and they, they, they appoint another apostle. And I believe this was a big, I don't know the why, but this was a part of their waiting. In our waiting, there is sometimes unfinished business. Acts of obedience that we, we, God is waiting on us to do. Maybe it's in a specific area of, of, our, of our spiritual lives. Maybe it's in the, the area of, of repentance. We were talking, the Lord started speaking that already to us today. Much of the time, <laughs> repentance is, an, is the issue. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> it's just the way it is, guys. Um, repentance should be a regular part of your life. It has to be. It has to be. I don't know about you, but messing up is a regular part of my life. <laughs> so if we're gonna if we're gonna say we're not perfect, if we're gonna admit that we make mistakes, if we're gonna admit that that we mess up, then we also need to admit that we need to have in our lives regular times of repentance. And as I was trying to prepare this week. Really, just laid on my heart, and it's already been pretty well articulated this morning. Um, this third unfinished, uh, unfinished business that I really feel like the Lord wanted us to deal with today, and that is that is one of unforgiveness. Um, I'm just going to read some scriptures, and then we'll. we'll Matthew 6, 14, Jesus says, if, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is, that is harsh. <laughs> and that is hard to wrap our minds around. And... Um, we could and would be justified in spending the rest of our time just divvying that out and, and looking at the, the, the truth of that and what it means and what that doesn't mean. Can we all just agree that that's really bad and we shouldn't do that? Amen. Mark 11, 25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your heaven... Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Um, 
things. And some there are the, there are some issues in our lives, some repentance that, that we sometimes are trying to pursue, but we're pursuing it with unforgiveness in our hearts, and it just doesn't work. God is serious about forgiveness. He's serious about us, of, of, he's serious about his forgiveness of us, and he's serious about our forgiveness of each other. And he proved it, Luke 23, hanging on a cross, bloody, beaten, by the very people he was trying to redeem. He says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness is not a high-level act of maturity for the very advanced Christian. Forgiveness is the foundation on which our spiritual lives are built. forgive others it is going to wreak havoc in our souls in our minds in our emotions in our thoughts in our will it is going to block God's blessing in our lives it's going to hold us back from having healthy relationships with other people that had nothing to do with that unforgiveness sometimes to understand and wrap our minds fully around that, 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 that you know someone hurts me and now I have to forgive them or then God so it almost feels like God's piling on right like somebody hurt me I'm, I'm processing I'm trying to work through this and now he's he's holding the fact that I can't get over this thing against yes because what we just read because of Luke 23. See, when we refuse, when we don't forgive others, what we're in effect saying is that, Jesus, your work on the cross was good enough for you to forgive them, but their offense against me is more important. That you, you dying on that cross wasn't quite good enough for, to cover the offense against me. to hold on to this I have a right I have I have the right to be to be hurt I have the right to to, to hold and be and get revenge and and have this offense despite the fact that you said father forgive them see it's not about forgive the other person for, for their sake. It's not even about needing to forgive the other person for your sake. Both those things are true. But the real issue is 
you have to forgive the other person for Christ's sake. Because he's the one that sacrificed. He's the one that bought the right to demand your forgiveness. It reminds me of, um, if you want to read a, a short but uh, interesting epistle, the book of Philemon, it's Paul writing a letter um, to Philemon, who is a slave owner. You know, he's a Christian. He has a slave named Onesimus that ran away. Onesimus goes to Paul, or runs into Paul through a series of circumstances, gets saved, uh, becomes uh, helpful to Paul. And so Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon and writes this letter, pens this letter to send it back, back to, to ask Philemon um, ask Philemon for, for Onesimus' freedom. And it's kind of funny when you understand the context because the letter's very short, but by the end of it, it's not, it's like technically a request. But Paul lays out such an argument of, of the debt that Philemon owes Paul and owes Jesus that they're really, it, it's like a request, but he spells it out in there basically how, how wrong he would be for denying this request, how much he owes Paul for his own salvation, how much Jesus had canceled Philemon's debt, and he had to, and he wants you to apply that to Onesimus over and over and over again, this whole argument. It's a beautiful picture of, of, of what Jesus calls each of us to do with forgiveness. We owe him. You don't owe yourself. You don't owe the other person. You, you, you owe Jesus forgiveness for everyone, for everything. There's some, just some signs. You know, sometimes forgiveness is something that we just don't think about a lot or even, you know, analyze our lives to think about if we need to forgive somebody um, just real quick I'll give you three three little quick little uh, things to kind of review in your life um, as signs that there's unforgiveness they all start with a coincidentally anger who do you get angry at who are you quick to get angry at like more than other people. Like some of you just have bad tempers. That's, <laughs> deal with that another week. Actually, if you, if you forgive some people, that may, may solve that problem as well. But I'm talking about a, 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 a disproportionate to the rest of your life level of anger. It's maybe a person, maybe a group of people, maybe a, a race, a political party, a company. A denomination, people who think a certain way or people who act a certain way, people who dress a certain way, people who were born a certain year. People who do a certain thing. Angry at. You say, well, I don't really get angry. 
I just get annoyed. Okay, that's my next one. Who do you get annoyed at? Some of us are, you know, more, more uh, passive aggressive or have, have the volume turned a bit down on their, on their emotions. So we don't get, you know, we don't get angry at anybody, but I do get annoyed. Who do you get annoyed at? Who do you have to, like, as soon as you see them coming or hear their voice or see the, the, their name pop up on your text thread where you just have that, that long blink where you're just like, It's a sign that there's, there may be some unforgiveness there. And the third one, and this one I feel like applies, as I was praying, just specifically in family, family units. It's apathy. We just, we've gone numb. We just don't care. There's no, there's no emotional connection, positive or negative. There's no expectation or hope in the relationship. There's no, you can take it or leave it, right? Do I ever see him again or not? And this isn't something maybe you would even think, you know, when you, when, when you see this person, but it's, it's a relationship, it's a person, it's a, it's a group that you're just completely apathetic to. are signs that there's that there may be a wound there there may be some forgiveness that you need to extend you know sometimes we think because we we genuinely love somebody that we've forgiven them and the two aren't mutually exclusive can love somebody and still be holding an offense against them. And those, to be honest, I think a lot of times are the most painful relationships that we that we experience. Because the love our love compels us to continue to connect and, and we want to 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 love this person, we want to experience them, we want to be for them, but we have this offense that we're holding against them, and so when we do to, when we go to make a move towards that relationship, it's immediately met with pain or anger or uh, whatever, all of the relational nastiness that comes up. God's calling us to a moment today to forgive. We're going to have a moment of prayer here in just a second, but um, before we do that, I do want to just, there's a couple of things that I want to say about forgiveness, just some things that forgiveness is not. So I think it's important that if we're going to pursue it, we need to understand it a little bit. Um, First thing is that forgiveness isn't minimizing the offense. It's not saying it's not a big deal. It's not saying that it didn't happen. 
It's not saying that you weren't hurt by it or that you continue to be affected by it. You're not asking. You, you don't. Forgiveness has nothing to do with whether the other person meant to do it or not. It's kind of weird, but forgiveness to some level doesn't even matter if they actually did it. There's a little thing, maybe a little meme you've maybe seen on Facebook says, just because you're offended doesn't mean that, they're, that you're right. <laughs> it's true. But even in those instances, that's the beauty of forgiveness. doesn't matter. If you forgive, we can let it go. And the Spirit can come in and heal that wound. Even if, even if the wound was only one-sided. If it was you perceiving something that didn't actually happen. Eliminates that whole process of having to, having to prove that you were right to be offended. And then I will let you go. Let you loose. Forgive you. Whatever. We can skip that whole part of the process if we choose. Forgiveness isn't minimizing the offense. Forgiveness also isn't believing that the person has changed. I don't have to wait for somebody else to get healthy before I can let go and get healthy myself. I can forgive somebody that is even still in the midst of the act that offends. It's just forgiving. It's not, it's not denial of reality. And the third thing is, forgiveness isn't avoiding justice. Somehow we think sometimes that uh, if I forgive this person, then, then, then I'm just letting them, letting them you know, off, letting them go. Letting them, they're going to get away with it. And if they get away with it, they're going to keep doing it. Well, two things. First off... Jesus says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. Because he's the only one that can handle that sort of pursuit. You weren't, you weren't equipped to be the arbiter of, of, of balancing the scales in life. That's God's job. Let him do his job. also teaches us that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. If you really, if your heart's desire is really for a person to change, you should be praying that they see the goodness of God and his mercy and his grace. If you really want to make sure that that person never hurts you again, you should want them to experience the amazing love of Jesus in that area of their life so that they are transformed so that they never do it again. Forgiveness isn't avoiding justice. So we're just going to take a moment um, and just Give us all a chance to answer in our own hearts and our own minds. Who, who, do, who do you need to forgive today? Like I said, it may be a, a person. 
be family member, maybe someone from your past, and maybe a group of people, maybe this church. Listen, forget exempt. Church is like one of the like best places to really get hurt. Just being honest. Because it's a place where we, it's one of the places in our life where our, one of the few places in life where we go and aspire to be vulnerable. Right? And it's one of those places where we're all trying to connect in ways that make it easy to get hurt. good at making a mess of things and so we bump into each other and we fall short both person to person and person to organization I am sure that Christian assembly at some point if you've been around for a length of time has not lived up to some expectation you had (laughs) of of what you you want out of your church. I'm sure of that. And first I'll just say for what it's worth, I, I genuinely am sorry. And I ask that you would forgive. Not just, not forgive, give me personally necessarily maybe you need to do that too I mean fully willing to to accept there is probably some blame to be thrown my way <laughs> but for your own sake but for but for the community's sake we have got to learn to forgive we have got to be a place listen the rest of Acts that we're going to be reading about is going to challenge us to live in a way to inspire us, hopefully, to live in a way that, that not just amongst us, but that the people out there, the, those that don't know Jesus, see something different. And that only happens, one of the things it says over and over that's clear is the thing that was the, that was the difference between the church and everybody else was their love for one another. going to love each other well, the only way that starts is by having a healthy dose of, of forgiveness ready on tap. That we can dole out to cover our lack. To bear each other's burdens. So who do you need to forgive today? just show us individually who or what in our life do we need to to forgive today do we need to release today
just speak to us? Some of you may be having a, a, a trouble coming up with a name or a thought. That, that's, a, that's okay. Some of you may be having trouble picking one. That's okay, too. You might want to grab your phone and grab a piece of paper. And if you have a lot of names, a lot of ideas coming at you, you may want to start making a list. Seriously, just make a list. That you're necessarily going to get through it all today, <laughs> but it's important. <clears throat> all right, and so now I just I, I want to give you a moment because listen, forgiveness is not one of those things that I can pray for you. This is something between you and your Lord. There's not a formula to it. It's just being honest and just being clear. Just, just tell God who it is, what they did, how it hurt you, and then you just forgive them. Forgiveness is just, a, you, are, you are releasing, you are giving up your right, not for pain, because that's, that's God healing that. And that will come, but that's not, you can't just choose to not be hurt anymore. That's stupid. People say that. Just don't, don't be offended. What, what, that doesn't work like that. You're giving up your right for revenge. You're giving up your right to hold that against them. You're giving up your right to look at them through the lens of that thing that they did. Or to use that as an evaluation of who they are and how you, how you interact with them or how you're, you are going to uh, love them. It's releasing that. you and just make your declaration that you are releasing them in Jesus name we come to you as your kids today God, we, we, we thank you for, for your, your amazing forgiveness God we, we receive it and we, 
we receive it so that we can give it out today. God, we've, we've looked at, we've thought about, we've pre we're presenting to you people who have hurt us, people that, that we are choosing to forgive, that we are choosing to release to you. God, we ask that you would, you would even if our emotions don't, don't feel it, we are choosing to ask you to bless them. God, we, we, we cancel their debt to us. We refuse to pick up the right to, to, to think ill of them or, or, or to, to pursue um, vengeance. God, we release them and that hurt to you. And, and God, I ask that as, as we do that, Holy Spirit, would you begin the healing process? Would you begin to, to awaken um, any any of bitterness to rip those out, God, that, that have happened because of holding on to this thing, that, that you would begin to, to release and tenderize our hearts again. God, as we forgive, would you replace that with the joy of your salvation? God, as we, we forgive, would you, would you pour into us just the, the, the emotion of, of your forgiveness for us? God, not that everything is about emotions, but you've given us emotions for a reason. Some of us have held on to unforgiveness for so long, it has deadened our emotional nerve endings, and we, we just are just cold. You begin to restore, breathe life back into them. Breathe life back into, into our experiences with you, God. Would it be fresh? We sang about it this morning, fresh wind. God, would you open our hearts and minds as we forgive to to others, that we our relationships will be back open, that we will begin to actually be able to connect to people, to, to, to be vulnerable with people again, to receive love from other people again. To believe and have faith in somebody else again. thank you that all of this is made possible by your forgiveness of us, your great sacrifice, your death, your resurrection, God. May our eyes never leave the cross and the tomb. Let that moment in history always be our, our guiding light. together where we can support and encourage each other to, to let go and, and, and created this safe place that we can we can hear your voice and, and, and together we can we can let go of these pains that are that, that are ultimately holding us back from the things that we know you want to give and bless us with. 
all this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close here in just a minute, but I, I just, if you would just stand with me as a way of just sealing this, this moment of, of reflecting in what, what, what we've just done. In light of the fact that we've now forgiven, let, let's take a moment and, and just worship God for that foundation. His faith, he will be faithful this week when, when the enemy invariably will try and tell you something other than what just happened, just happened. And an emotion creeps back up or uh, about that person or a thought pops back in about the, those, those people. Let this song, let the, the truth of this song be our response. That no, because not because of how great I am and how strong my conviction is, but because of how faithful our Lord is. And that I am, my foundation is his work on the cross, not my own will. Let's sing. Put my face.